It's a Tuesday edition of the My Ag Life Daily News Report. Welcome and thank you for tuning in. I'm your host, Lori Boyer. Taylor Charleston will be in with a feature report, and I'll have a look at regional and national agricultural news beginning with regional ag news right after this word from our sponsor. Soil and Crop Incorporated is your number one resource for sustainable nutrition. Growers are faced with difficult challenges, and Soil and Crop Inc. has the experience, fertilizer, and biological portfolio to dramatically increase yield and performance in your troubled orchards and fields. Contact Soil and Crop Incorporated today for a free consultation on how we can help reverse the challenges you face as a conventional or organic grower so you can increase your bottom line and become a better sustainable farmer. Contact us today at 559-564-1236 or visit our website at www.callnrg.com. Soil and Crop, putting nature to work for you. Two new detections of citrus yellow vein clearing virus have been confirmed in rural residential citrus trees in the city of Visalia in Tulare County. The detections resulted from an ongoing survey and sampling activities conducted by the California Department of Food and Agriculture. The virus had previously been confirmed by the city of Tulare, also in Tulare County. CDFA staff have been conducting surveying sampling activities of the virus host plants in Tulare County on residential properties throughout the area to determine the extent of the disease and potential impacts, and surveys will be ongoing for the near future. Survey results, along with CDFA's robust pest prevention system that focuses on exclusion and monitoring, as well as CDFA and the U.S. Department of Agriculture's experience responding to other vector disease threats, will be critical in developing an appropriate joint regulatory response. An international team, including researchers at the University of California, Davis, has successfully propagated a commercial hybrid rice strain as a clone through seeds with 95% efficiency. According to researchers' conclusions published in Nature Communications, the development may help lower the cost of hybrid rice seed, allowing rice farmers worldwide to obtain access to high-yielding disease-resistant strains. Historically, rice has been costly to breed as a hybrid, with previous yield improvements of only about 10%. The recent deluge that happened in California emphasizes a decades-long dilemma, a lack of infrastructure to store and shuttle water to growers who produce three-quarters of U.S. fruits and nuts and more than one-third of its vegetables. While the rain and snow are desperately needed after the driest three-year stretch on record and billions of dollars, much of the precipitation ends up as runoff, something that doesn't help the state's famed almond groves. California Governor Gavin Newsom has vowed to speed up efforts to capture more stormwater in the face of acceleration accelerating climate change and dwindling water supplies, but critics say the government isn't moving fast enough. The state is making investments in water storage, but funding the projects takes time and has been the slowest out the door. That according to Public Policy Institute of California, a nonpartisan think tank. The Mexican citrus season is starting off strong with good supplies of honey murkot tangerines. They're going to be up about 15% over last year on the murkots, according to GT Paris of Sealed Sweet, who notes the supplies will likely go into early March. Paris attributes that partly to the fruit that's being produced by Mexico. They're typically larger sizes running in the 120, 180, and 64 range, which is different than the smaller California mandarins, which tend to be 150 and 120. Mexico 
also has good enough weather to produce good color, so it's fully orange with flavor, he says. It is possible there will be increased demand for Mexican citrus, given the effects the recent hurricanes have had on Florida fruit, recent cold temperatures in Texas, and rain in California, though Paris notes that the fruit California produces tends to hit different markets at different places. As for pricing, it's good right now, and Paris anticipates it will hold, though after Lunar New Year, you'll see a bit of a drop because that's when you usually see good demand, he says. That's also when you're getting more fruit. It only drops off a dollar or so, and he says so far it's similar pricing to last year. They like to keep it in the mid to high 20s. Towards the end of the month, Valencia oranges will also begin production in Mexico, and those will ship until April. Paris notes that these oranges take on the characteristics of the fruit from different markets. They have the juice of a Florida orange, but they're also a cleaner piece of fruit like out of California. He says it's the best of both worlds, and that's going to be a good market this year. Mission Produce has announced the launch of its 2023 campaign called Here for the Good. It's a global celebration of the company's 40th anniversary through a year of good works to positively impact its workforce, communities, and the environment. The company's teams across North America, South America, and Europe plan to participate in Mission's year-long campaign. Anticipated events include workplace health and wellness efforts, community development activities, and environmental acts of service. In honor of Mission Produce's 40th anniversary, they are leveraging their far-reaching global presence to have a positive impact around the world, according to Tim Bulo, President and Chief Operating Officer. He says they are embracing their strong company values and drive for responsible growth to promote good in various forms. Their nutrient-dense avocados and mangoes promote consumer health, while their efforts in the workplace, on their farms, and throughout their surrounding communities aim to benefit the totality of their global footprint. Mission Produce Incorporated is headquartered in Oxnard, California. And according to the California Department of Food and Agriculture's Facebook page, in 2021, California's 1.7 million dairy cows led the U.S. with 41.9 billion pounds of milk. Sponsored by the California Walnut Board and Commission, supporting the industry with on-farm innovation through production research, advocacy for government programs, and driving consumer demand. Doing more together. To receive the top USDA number one grade, a kernel of rice is supposed to be translucent. Sometimes a kernel may form and be described as chalky, where the entire kernel is a solid bright white. The defect is more common in the Mid-South production area than in California, but this season, California rice producers and millers are seeing an unusual amount of chalky rice, causing concern. On the plus side, Dr. Dustin Harrell, director of the California Rice Experiment Station in Biggs, said the defects are purely cosmetic and the rice is fine to eat. When you're talking about rice, you really want milled white rice to be translucent uh, when you look at it. Basically, you can kind of see through the grain. Chalky rice is kind of an area in a grain of rice that will look opaque or a bright white where you actually can't see through it. And we call that chalk. And why chalk is important is because it's visually not as appealing as, as the translucent rice. Chalk is just a visual appearance thing, uncooked. Once you cook it, you're, you're not gonna notice the difference. It doesn't taste any difference. Here in the U.S., it's not as big deal as, as overseas where you have open markets where you'll have open bags of rice and you'll have several varieties there. And A buyer would go and, and look at the big 50-pound bags that are open and, 
and choose his favorite rice variety. And, and one of the things he would look for is that visual appeal to it. But once it's cooked, it doesn't taste any different. It's very similar to non-chalky rice. Harold said chalk occurs during the grain formation process, and he blamed the heat wave that occurred in late August and early September as a probable cause of the defect. It wasn't just the daytime temperatures, but more importantly, the nighttime heat that was responsible for the unusual amount of chalk this season. Chalk is a function of whenever that grain is developing and that starch is filling the grain, the environmental conditions when that's occurring, if it's occurring at a normal rate and, and in normal environmental conditions, uh, it'll pack normally, and the grain, will, once it matures correctly, it'll come out translucent. This year, what we saw is that whenever we have extremely high temperatures, um, and this year in California, we had some temperatures during late August, early September, where the temperatures were in the triple digits, and we even hit 115 one day. Now, some research out of the Mid-South has shown that nighttime temperatures are actually more important than, than daytime temperatures. And um, hot nighttime temperatures will cause the packing of the starch in the grain to go at a faster than normal rate. And what that'll cause is little bubbles within the grain, and, and those bubbles are what causes it not to be translucent and more opaque and more white in color. In the Mid-South, where this is more common than what it is in California, the old adage is that you have nighttime temperatures that don't fall below 75 degrees at night, then you're more, you have a higher probability of having um, a chalky year. Now here in California and in the Sacramento Valley, it's very rare that we're ever going to have a nighttime temperature that doesn't fall below 75 degrees. In fact, if you look back to 2021, the hottest night that we had during that grain filling period uh, was 69 degrees. Typically on an average year, um, we're going to be in the low 60s for our nighttime temperatures during the grain filling. This year we had several days above 73 and several above 75 and even one night that it, the nighttime temperatures didn't fall below 81 degrees. So very abnormal uh, here in California and typically we rarely have chalk issues and this year it is quite prevalent and is most likely due to that heat wave we saw this summer during a critical time period in the development of that rice. Not only does chalk cause visual issues, but a high percentage of it can also reduce the price growers receive for their crop. Harold said the USDA grades rice, and one of the things they look at is the amount of kernels that are chalky. The defect also can weaken the integrity of kernels, reducing milling turnout. Millers pay growers the most for whole rice kernels with significantly lower prices for broken kernels and pieces. There's grading, uh, USDA grading, when we look at, at rice. And chalk is one of the quality parameters that we look at. And typically, we want our rice to grade uh, U.S. number one. And for it to grade U.S. number one, the chalk needs to be below 2%. So if it's a 2% or higher, it's going to be a USDA number two. And if it's higher than 4%, it's actually going to be USDA number three. Now, as the grades get worse and it goes from a one to a two, our growers are going to be discounted whenever they sell that rice to the mill. Now, another problem with chalk is that the chalkiness in the grain actually makes the grain weaker. So when they mill that rice, um, it can actually break uh, where it's chalky easier and cause more 
brokens. And uh, again, growers are discounted for broken rice as compared to the, the whole rice or the head rice. So they can get discounted that way as well. So it's a, a double whammy this year. Harold said they did see differences among varieties and their susceptibility to chalkiness, but that also may be due to when they were planted and whether they were in that critical grain fill period during the heat wave. He said different classes of rice vary in their susceptibility to chalk development. Long grain rice, the type most widely grown in the South, is more prone to chalk development than the medium grain varieties grown here in California. So we saw some of our varieties had a little bit more chalk in it than others. One of our newer varieties, uh, M211, had more chalk in, in it than, say, M206, which is uh, another high-quality variety that's, that's grown a lot here in California. And since M211 is really the, the first year that we've had it on a lot of acres, we really can't say that it's the variety that's going to have a lot more chalk. It might be because it's maturing later, because it matures about seven days later than M206, and it might be that that critical grain filling period actually occurred during the heat wave where maybe if you had M206 planted at the same time, it might have um, had that period a little bit sooner. So it's too early to say that for sure that M211 is going to be a chalkier rice. It's It might just be that that heat wave hit at the right time. Now, we do know that different classes of rice um, certainly tend to have more chalk than others, like long grains will definitely have a lot more chalk or get chalk easier than, say, a medium grain variety that's more predominant here in in California. Hopefully, the chalk that rice growers experience this year will be a rare occurrence, just like the early September heat wave. This is Vicki Boyd reporting for My Ag Life. JCS Marketing is your number one way to connect with the ag industry. Through print magazines, digital media, podcast and live and virtual events jcs marketing has the reach to inform educate and influence growers in the western united states everywhere you go you see west coast net magazine on every one of my customers tables so that tells you everything that's that it's there so they're reading our my ag life platform includes podcast interviews and digital articles for busy professionals on the go Our live events, continuing education webinars, and virtual conferences help growers connect with leading researchers and industry leaders. Let JCS Marketing help you connect. Combine harvester sales finished 2022 with healthy gains in unit sales while ag tractors finished below 2021 levels in both the U.S. and Canada. The Association of Equipment Manufacturers says total U.S. ag tractor unit sales fell during December and the whole year when compared with 2021. The sub-40 horsepower segment led losses in both timeframes, losing 26% for the month and 19% for the calendar year. U.S. combine sales grew 16% in December and finished 2022 almost 16% higher than the previous year. Only one other segment was higher for the year, which was the 100-plus horsepower units, finishing the year up 11%, despite dropping 2% in December. Delegates of the American Farm Bureau Federation set the 2023 policy objectives for the organization. Farm News reporter Michael Clements shares more on the priorities discussed by the more than 300 delegates. The American Farm Bureau Federation wrapped up its annual convention in San Juan, Puerto Rico, setting policy objectives the organization wants to see accomplished in 2023. Sam Kiefer, AFBF Vice President of Public Policy, says the next farm bill was one of the top discussions. 
heading into a farm bill year, our delegates held conversations on uh, national farm policy, including being open to expanding the baseline for federal farm bill programs, as well as sending a clear message that we need to be developing more flexible risk management and disaster relief programs and expanding protection to growers of specialty crops all across the country. Following an AFBF form last fall that united the dairy industry, delegates also voted to pursue federal milk marketing order reforms. Our delegates also called for more transparency in dairy and the federal milk marketing orders and several of the changes around dairy, including supporting more USDA audits on the processing costs of milk to ensure that the data remains accurate, making sure that when there are votes in the federal milk marketing orders, that the cooperatives clearly communicate with their members regarding proposed changes. Other priorities include addressing food insecurity and trade. Our delegates took a position to expand food access programs that connect farms directly with food banks. On trade, our delegates sent a clear message to USDA asking them to continue working with Mexico and the Mexican government to drop the proposed ban on GM products and relying on the details of the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement when it comes to sound science. Michael Clements, San Juan, Puerto Rico. The National Association of Conservation Districts has announced the open application period for the 2023 Urban and Community Conservation Grant Initiative. The grants are open to any conservation district or tribe within the U.S. and in the territories. Through a partnership with the Natural Resources Conservation Service, NACD has awarded over $6.5 million to 131 conservation districts and tribes in 37 states and Puerto Rico. As part of an ongoing effort to build capacity in a community-oriented agricultural space, NACD started offering UAC planning grants worth up to $10,000 each in 2022. The planning grants allow organizations that are new to urban or community agriculture to begin early stage development of a program to provide conservation technical assistance. NACD will continue to offer the planning grants as well as the traditional implementation grants, which are more focused on the provision of technical assistance. More information and the application are available at NACD. Dnet.org. The GOP-controlled House won bipartisan support to set up a select committee on activities of the Chinese Communist Party, including the CCP's purchase of U.S. farmland. The Select Committee on the Strategic Competition between the United States and the CCP will look into China's trade, economic human rights, and security threats overseas and here at home. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. How do we bring our jobs back from China to America? How do we secure our intellectual property? How do we make sure our farmland is protected? All of that would be brought up within this committee. Pennsylvania's John Joyce. The acquisition of farmland to the consideration of rare earth minerals industry into one consolidated outside firm, the Chinese Communist Party continues to pose these challenges to America as we speak. And Florida Republican Michael Waltz. Spying on the Federal Reserve, flooding our key institutions, including academia, with money, buying up farmland. Iowa GOP Senator Chuck Grassley and Wisconsin Democratic Senator Tammy Baldwin introduced a bill last year requiring USA to report on the impact of foreign U.S. farmland purchases. Most of these buys are by U.S. allies, Canada, Italy, the Netherlands, and Germany. But China, Russia, and Iran accounted for 200,000 acres total in 2019, most of it by China and its Smithfield Foods purchase. 
CHS released results for its first quarter, which ended on November 30th of 2022. The company reported a quarterly income of $782.6 million compared to $452 million in the first quarter of fiscal year 2022. First quarter highlights from this year include revenues of $12.8 billion compared to $10.9 billion in the first quarter of fiscal year 2022, a year-over-year increase of 17%. Continued robust demand for commodities coupled with market volume volatility resulted in strong earnings across all of the company's business segments. Bee Hero is the leading almond pollination provider. We deliver measurable and verifiable pollination outcomes for almond growers and turn a previously unquantified fingers crossed gamble into a controllable expenditure. For the first time, growers can know exactly what they are getting for their money during pollination. Bee Hero accurately evaluates your bees' pollination contribution in real time and gives you unprecedented visibility into the progress of bloom. Don't leave pollination to chance. Be sure. Be precise. Be Hero. Call Charlie Phillips, VP of Sales at 559-467-9699. Be Hero. Superior bees. Superior pollination. JCS Marketing is your number one way to connect with the ag industry. Through print magazines, digital media, podcasts, and live and virtual events, JCS Marketing has the reach to inform, educate, and influence growers in the Western United States. Everywhere you go, you see West Coast Net Magazine on every one of my customers' tables. So that tells you everything. That's, that, it's there, so they're reading it. Our My Ag Life platform includes podcast interviews and digital articles for busy professionals on the go. Our live events, continuing education webinars, and virtual conferences help growers connect with leading researchers and industry leaders. Let JCS Marketing help you connect. That will wrap up today's show. You've been listening to the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm Lori Boyer. From all of us here at the JCS Marketing team, thank you for listening. 